Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. This week's episode comes from the Facebook group. You can find it under Very Excellent Habits in Facebook groups. I had a listener ask about tidiness and whether or not it's all it's cracked up to be. Okay, confession time. I am a reformed, messy person. Look, I'm not even that reformed, if I'm going to be honest about it. I leave shit everywhere. If I come to your house, I will just leave a pile of crap in my wake as I walk in the door. It'll be like, shoo, shoo, earring, earring. My bag will be somewhere. I will mess up your whole lounge room. Growing up, I was 100% the butt of all of our family jokes. So my parents called my wardrobe the avalanche because when you opened the doors, this landslide of books and toys and crap would come spilling out. My car was famous at uni because it was just full of food wrappers and clothing and makeup and books. It was just, ugh, I'm a garbage person. I'm also a reformed maximalist, particularly when it comes to clothing and makeup. I used to have a literal chest of drawers full of accessories, full of accessories, not even clothes. I worked in a bead store, so I made dozens of necklaces and earrings and bracelets, and I hardly wore any of them and just needed this epic chest of drawers to store them all in. I can also remember back when I first started making tracks as a blogger, I somehow ended up on the freebie list of this major makeup brand and they would send me their entire makeup range four times a year. It was amazing. Every quarter, this just epic box would arrive and it was full of lipstick and eyeshadow and my girlfriends would come over and drink wine and scavenge around to grab the best colors. Well, that's what happened after the first box arrived anyway. And when the second one arrived, my friends had barely finished the free foundation they got the last time, so they weren't interested. And I was a teacher at the time, so I took the second box to school and the teachers went wild for it in the staff room. By the time the third box arrived, I couldn't take it to school because the teachers didn't want it. So I packaged up some little packages to send to longtime readers. And then the fourth box, it just sat on my shelf for months and months until I donated it to share the dignity. And after that, I asked to be removed from the list because it was just stressing me out trying to offload all of this makeup and it wasn't fun and I hated all the waste and it just was just not a good thing. And then after that, I just started feeling the same way about everything. My bulging closet was freaking me out. I only wore about 10% of the items in it. And I had like 10 different winter scarves and I never wore any of them. Our kitchen drawers were full of weird things that we never used and weren't quite sure why we bought them in the first place. You know, those sushi things where you make little molds out of sushi rice and, you know, melon ballers and all of that kind of garbage. Anyway. That was 10 years ago. We did a massive clean out and I am pleased to say we've been relatively minimalist ever since. If you would like to listen to my recent episode on minimalism, it is episode number 20 of season two and just over 6,000 people have listened to that episode, which is just bananas. I also have a resource available for that episode. It is called 97 Minimalist Tips and that is available at patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. So, in my opinion, it's almost impossible to be tidy when you have too much stuff. The less stuff you have, the easier it is to manage. A word that comes to mind with the subject of tidiness is clutter. Clutter is just stuff. It's just stuff you don't need. In a recent study called The Dark Side of Home Assessing Possession Clutter on Subjective Wellbeing, the author 
Roster, Catherine A. Roster, found that clutter had a negative impact on self-reported well-being and strong negative impact on feelings of security, safety, and other positive emotional benefits derived from a sense of psychological home. So that's a term that refers to the concept of home as a vital source of meaning, belonging, and identity. So it's not just me with my single pair of sunglasses and no handbag saying having less stuff is a good idea. It is scientifically and directly linked with improved well-being. I also found another horrifying study called No Place Like Home. Home tours correlate with daily patterns of mood and cortisol. So this study, and I will link to it in the show notes, was conducted in 2010 and it showcased 30 heterosexual couples giving video tours of their home. So women who described their homes in more stressful terms, for example, messy, cluttered, disarrayed, unorganized, disorganized, overflowing, chaotic, haphazard, unfinished, half-finished or sloppy, experienced below normal changes in cortisol levels. So women who described their homes with more restorative terms, such as relaxing, restful, calming, comforting, soothing, serene, pleasurable, quiet, homey, or peaceful, they had sharper changes in cortisol levels indicative of greater psychological and physical well-being. So this translates to mean that women who felt positive about their homes were literally happier. In a surprise to no one, the study showed men are almost entirely unaffected by the state of their homes. Hmm. So not only is it a problem, it also appears to be a female-centered problem. Yay for us ladies and to the male listeners of this show, even though your well-being is not affected, spare a thought for the women who live with you and maybe hang up your towel or put your socks in the dirty washing basket. Yeah, just a thought. So for this episode, I am doing a tidying guide. These are just a few things that have worked for us over the years. And, you know, we are now parental grownups who live in a tidy house. So I feel like I can throw my little opinion in the ring here without people being like, yes, but you live in a house with two adults and no children. I have a dirty, dirty little toddler and our house isn't a complete pigsty. So listen on. The thing with tidy houses is that we don't all need to be living in museums, but I think that most of us want to live in tidy spaces. They feel good. They feel inviting. It's like the difference between shopping in a bargain store or a fancy designer store. There's nothing wrong with bargain stores, but they have a distinctly different feel. Do you want to live in a Clint's Crazy Bargains or a Marameco? There's actually no right answer here. It's just a really interesting question to ask yourself. It's also important to remember that we live in our homes and they need to be functional. Keeping up unrealistic expectations for the cleanliness of your home will destroy you. So if that sounds familiar, just lower your standards. Another thing I really want to bring up is that mess and clutter is emotional. It's often not a matter of being lazy. There are so many layers to mess, clutter, and overconsumption. People with clinical depression don't have the energy to clean. People with anxiety disorders often have a hard time letting go of things that they don't need, and it stresses them out. My personal thing is that I have a lot of environmental anxiety when it comes to getting rid of things. I have landfill guilt. Where's it going? Why didn't I use it? Is there a better option for next time? I'm not going to delve into the emotional side in this episode, That's for another day. But for now, here are a few tidying tips that might help you out. And I give you full permission to shelve the idea of a tidy home if that's not something you have the bandwidth to deal with right now. 
I'm hoping these tips will help you decide the level of tidy you wish to live in and help you achieve that. These tips are also purposefully budget friendly. They won't cost you a thing. Here are my tips. But before we move on to the next bit, I have a tidy house checklist that's available on Patreon. You can join for $5 US or $7 Australian to grab your copy. You will also get access to all of my other workbooks, guides, and resource lists. You can get that on patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. Back to the show. Number one, use the box method. So I developed a system a few years ago and it has totally saved my sanity. I have small boxes for literally everything I put in drawers. I have categories like hair, nails, skincare, makeup in the bathroom, undies, socks, and tights in the bedroom, keys, sunglasses, and masks in the kitchen. The corresponding products are stored in those boxes. So when I'm doing my hair, I grab the hair box from the drawer, use the products I need, throw everything back in the box when I'm done, and pop it back in the drawer. I have the same system in the pantry. So I've got a sauces box that I pull out of the cupboard when I'm cooking. I use the sauces, pop the whole box back in the cupboard. Halves my time in looking for things because they're always in the box. And I never end up with surfaces cluttered in crap because I don't have time to pack everything away. It's a really excellent system and one that works with pretty much anything. Really embrace the box system. It will change your life, particularly in the kitchen. The next tip is to have a place for literally everything. And if you don't have a place for it, make one. Let me say that this is a work in progress for us as well. The most recent weird thing we had to make a place for was packing squares. So, you know, those little zip cases that you pack things into when you travel. We tend to keep ours in a weird pile in our cupboard or in our suitcases, but then we go to use our suitcases and we don't use all of the squares and then they end up back in that weird pile in our cupboard. So we're going to apply the box method to this issue and have a dedicated space for them at some point. There are so many things I've recently found places for that didn't have regular places. For instance, my latest favorite, swimming gear. I used to keep my swimmers in my cupboard, the kids swimmers in her cupboard, towels in the linen closet, the swimming bag in the cupboard under the stairs where we keep all the other bags. No wonder I found getting ready for swimming so freaking stressful. All of those items are single use. So why not store them together? I now have a dedicated drawer in my kid's room where all the swimming stuff lives. My stuff, her stuff, all the towels. I shove everything in the bag when we leave, chuck in a few snacks and I'm good to go. Another thing I did recently was I bought a cute little basket to store my gym clothes in. I get up early to go to the gym several times a week and I've done this for about 15 years. I never get dressed in the bedroom because my partner is a really light sleeper. So I lay my gym gear out in the living room or the kitchen of wherever we've lived for the past 15 years. My gym gear used to live on the bathroom floor or at the end of our bed or on a chair until I was ready to lay it out in the living room for the next morning. I could never figure out a good solution for this problem. I'm not kidding. It took me almost 15 years to solve it. I've now got this cute basket where I pop my gym gear where I'm not using it. I've just got my tights, sport sports bra, top, socks, shoes, headband in there, all ready to go. I swap out the top every few days and wash the lot on the weekend, pop it all back in the basket before my class on Monday. I cannot tell you how much of a genius I am. The basket has changed our lives. I no longer have this odd pile of gym gear just like slinking around the house. It's all neatly put away in the basket. So maybe have a think about the things that are annoying you. My new one is my leisure clothes or my pajamas. I tend to lay them on the end of my bed. That's kind of 
I'm finding that a bit annoying and messy. So I think I need a basket next to my bed for my comfy clothes, but watch this space. This brings me to my next point. Eliminate transient storage places. Any storage place that isn't permanent shouldn't be a storage space. This means things like empty suitcases. Yeah, it's a great spot to store things to save on space if you absolutely have to, but storing your spare blankets in a suitcase is kind of annoying. I also try not to store things in bags or in the car. I tend to have backups of things in the car, like nappies and wipes, but I wouldn't store our nappy bag in the car because it needs updating all the time and the supplies need refreshing. I can remember reading that tip about storing things in suitcases and thinking, genius, and storing my blankets in our suitcases. But we travel a lot and we always end up with a pile of blankets in the corner of our living room. It just irritates me, especially if we don't unpack right away or we're leaving again soon. If you store things in empty suitcases with great success, go forth and store. I just found that my life changed when I stopped storing things in transient places. For example, if I pack a bag to go out for the day, as I've mentioned previously, I don't have a dedicated handbag. I'll unpack it when I get home. I'll put the spare nappies away, put her wipes in the cupboard, put away any snacks she didn't eat, pop my lip gloss and water bottle away in the drawer where they belong. If you are a dedicated bag user, have a spot to keep your bag, like a hook or a drawer. Same with umbrellas, coats, gloves. Any items that tend to move around a lot need a permanent place in your home. Otherwise, you just end up with like travel mugs and wallets and keys cluttering up every single surface of your house. We all have a space to hang our coats in our house. Our kid has a hook for her bag and a coat for her bag and her coat in her room. We do struggle with storage, though. We live on a country property, so we're constantly in and out of the house. We store our everyday shoes in a cupboard on our deck and our special occasion slash rarer shoes are stored in a cupboard inside. Our kid also only has two pairs of shoes per season, and these are stored in the same spot in the cupboard so she knows where they go. We're also working on making sure that we tidy as we go in front of her. So when we get home, we all take our shoes off and we all put them away and we all unpack our bags and we all put them away. And same with the groceries. And, you know, at the moment, she enjoys helping with putting things away. So we're milking that. I'm sure we'll be butting heads about this in a couple of months because we will have a three-nager then. Give me any tips you have for keeping a kid interested in tidying if you have them. Next up is schedule your tidying. In our house, we do two sessions a day. We do one in the morning. This means cleaning up the kitchen, putting away the kids' toys, making the beds, putting pajamas away, packing our bags and getting the house what we call Roomby ready, which means picking everything up off the floor so the Roomba, our robot vacuum, can do a clean while we're out. I have to caveat this with the fact that we call it Roomby ready because our first ever robot vacuum was a Roomba. Our new one is not a Roomba and it's not even particularly new. We've got a Robo Rock now, but because we've been getting the house Roomby ready for so long, that's just what we call it. So it's getting it Roomby ready. Please feel free to use that in your own home. We also include our kid in the cleanup too. So she's only two and a half, so she doesn't suck at joining in. Being a part of whatever is happening for her is like toddler fairy floss. Sometimes she doesn't want to help tidy and we say things like, we're not available to read books until your toys are packed away. Can you show me where your barnyard goes on the shelf? Most of the time she'll help. If she's having a mega two-year-old day though, we let it go. Like no one's got time for that. 
We do the same thing in the afternoon. We divide and conquer. We swap out each night. So one of us does dinner and clean up and takes out the bins, lays out the kids' PJs and her book for after bath. The other does the bath and bedtime routine. That way, once the kid is in bed, we hopefully get to relax in a nice, tidy house. She tends to help. We make her bring all the plates over from the table and she gives them to us to put in the dishwasher. She knows how to put her dirty clothes in the clothes basket that kind of thing. We also trained her from when she was really tiny to put her shoes away near the front door. And now she does it without thinking. And again, I'm sure once she grows an attitude, we'll have to change tactics, but for now it's working. Another thing we have is a long-term tidy list. The garage, that weird cupboard in the spare room, your bedside table, write out the list and have a dedicated few hours each week or each fortnight when you tackle those jobs. We tend to do stuff like that on a Sunday morning. So we'll clean out a cupboard or go through the kids' clothes or give our office a clean up. We give our kid a job like sorting or dusting and we can get a good five minutes out of her before she's bored and just trots off to play with her toys. And if you don't get to anything on the long-term list for a few months, really don't sweat it. You'll get to it or not. It's fine. If it bothers with you, you'll deal with it at some point. And if it doesn't, that's great. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits. You can also email me contact at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash very excellent habits. I have to say, you've all been really slack on this recently. I get lots of written episode requests, but where are all the callers at? If you're looking for a good deed to do this week, please take a moment and call into the show. I will send you many, many virtual gold stars. Don't forget, I do have a tidy house checklist that will help you declutter in 15 days. That is available on Patreon and it will help you declutter in just 15 days. You can join for $5 US or $7 Australian to grab your copy and you will also get full access to all of my other workbooks, guides and resource lists. Also, don't forget to leave a review. It is in your amazing hands to help me achieve my goal of getting 500 reviews. It's going really slowly, guys. I'm at 261. Come on, give a girl a break. You just need to go to the show page for Very Excellent Habits, not the episode page, and scroll down to the bottom to leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, remember, little habits, big life. Big life.